where it's at. I got two Dan tables and a microphone. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Where It's At. I am your host, Mark Pearson, and this is my co-host, Dan Hornstein. If you haven't heard us before, this podcast is a music podcast uh, dedicated to anyone who enjoys music. On this podcast, Dan and I each pick an album for the week. We listen to it, and then we come together to give... Come together. <laughs> we come together to give right a brief... Right now. Bio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Over me. <laughs> we give a brief bio of the artist, and then discuss why we picked them, and then we have a conversation about it. So real quick, before we burst into Beatles songs, uh, we you can find us on Instagram at... Actually, you can find me on Instagram at Mr. Underscore Pockets 21, or you can find Dan on Instagram at... At Dwight Privilege. And you can also send us an email at wherepod at gmail.com. So this week... For first impressions, first impressions is just a little bit that we do where we listen to an album or a single or an EP once through, give it a once or twice over, and then we give our first impressions on it. So Dan, what was your first impression for this week? Okay. So I changed it mid-gear. I changed Mm -hmm. it, not mid-gear, but like early in the week, I originally, my first impression was going to be my pick, my deep dive pick, Mm -hmm. but having, I kind of went through it and I went, okay, I don't know if this is something I, I I can go through like a more than a few times and do a deep dive on. And it's the new album by Alexis Marshall titled house of lull period house of win. Alexis Marshall is the singer. If you can use such a word (laughs) vocalist, let's say lead vocalist of (laughs) the band daughters, which Uh I did a little bit of an artist spotlight. So we're going to talk about daughters here in just a second. And this is his first solo record that came out. Um, I, I read a little bit about this record. This was recorded sort of last year during COVID, uh, like a lot of new releases are that are coming out. He's our, Alexis is one of the people that maximized his time. Um, mm. the, re, the, the intent behind this, it's him. It's one of the other guys from daughters. And like, I think another person, and those are the only three musicians. And there's, they, in an interview that I watched with him, and learning about the record, he, he didn't really get into like the intent behind the record, but some of the things that he did touch on, he said they went in with zero plan and really just wanted to use this as a chance to create some art. Oh, and so it's to, like every day in my life. No plan. Hey, I'm with you there, man. <laughs> <laughs> like I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why this resonated with me so well. Um, they also, it was, it was a really interesting interview that he did with Anthony Fantano from the needle drop, where he talks about how not only did they go in and no songs were written or, or no tracks were, were planned out. Everything was spontaneous, very improvisational in a way Mm. in the studio. He talked about some of the things that are thematic about the record that you start to pick up on. He was really into using phrases and the repetition of certain phrases to try to, change the meaning or get a different perspective on it, which reminded me a little bit of like Kurt Cobain doing that on, on smells like teen spirit where it's just hello, 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 how low, you know, Mm -hmm. that little turn of phrase can make a big difference in how it's interpreted. And also that they, he was really intent on not making a, 
traditional rock sounding experience. He was very clear on the interview. He said, I didn't want to have any guitars on the record whatsoever, but I wanted it to sound menacing. He, he talked mm-hmm. a little bit about that. So they went and bought a bunch of stuff from like Home Depot and Lowe's. And he talked about how Home Depot and Lowe's be quote, became my guitar center in quote. <laughs> and I thought that was kind of cool. And, and all of this really reflects into this record, which is, um, uh, it's an interesting listen. It, it's a very challenging record. It's, it's a little bit can be tough to get through in some parts. Um, what I would tell you, what I would say about this record for me as far as first impressions, um, this goes for a mood and the mood is dread and terror. And in that respect, I feel like it's extremely successful. I don't feel like it's, it's really not musical. I don't know if I would call this music. I would call I would categorize this more in some other version of art Mm -hmm. than just music. It feels like an immersive art piece that's been created and not necessarily like an album. Um, there's an intensity to, to the mood of this record that I wrote this down. It's, it's the word dread kept coming to mind, like the sense of impending doom of the mood of this record. I thought that was so cool. It, but it reminded me in a lot of ways of like the last 30 minutes of the movie Requiem for a dream. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I'm uh-huh. like, I'm glad that I watched it, but I could see why so, a lot of people would watch Requiem for a Dream and be like, hey, that was a really great movie. I never want to see it again. <laughs> and I think that this is this is kind of what that record sounds like. The whole thing feels like it was written and recorded in the haunted house. Um, so I don't know. What did you think about it? I didn't get haunted house vibes from it, but... I don't know. That could be just me. Like to me, <clears throat> there the the songs seem to have most of them had like the same type of thing for me. I wouldn't call this music. It's definitely art, very specific kind of art that very specific people are going to be into. It's not for me, but I did find myself at certain points going, "Oh, hey, that part is kind of catchy and kind of cool, and I enjoy that." And then he just does it for three minutes. And I'm like, okay, that's just way too much of that thing over and over. And to me, I kept battling in my mind, like thinking this is music and it's not music. So I kept wanting it to transition into more of a traditional song, which it ne- I, never it, does. It never does. It not never does. Yeah. So it left me kind of disappointed because I thought, oh, this would be a great opening to this type of song. And in my brain, my brain is already jumping to what I would want to hear, like uh, some guitars come in or some other music, some percussion come in, some other things that come in and build a song out of it. And it'd be a super epic song, but it just never happened. So it, at the end of the day, it just left me like longing for something that never was. And to me, it, I didn't feel dread. It was just like chaos, like very chaotic is what I would call it. Just like if, if you're to me, like the, the image that comes to my mind is you're like, like art. So you're like in like a dark, damp basement and there's like one light over like a big easel and a big canvas and someone's in there with just black and gray paint and they're just slinging it at it with like brushes and trowels and whatever else they have in their hands and everything. And then they're just like rubbing their fingers. But just, it's just chaos. It's just abstract chaos. It's like abstract art, but just chaos. I, I think that's a really good description. I got to side with you on that one. 
Yeah, like so the the things that I like about this are some of the soundscapes and some of the sound design that they they utilize is pretty interesting and and adds a chaotic element to it, adds an intensity mm -hmm. to it that sort of builds up. Um, you know, Alexis as a vocalist during this, you know, as, as someone who's kind of doing poetry, I guess, over this kind of stuff, comes across like a mad person in the 1800s <laughs> yelling about the end is nigh in yeah. a town square in like Salem, Massachusetts, or in like Gangs of New York's era in New York. That's the, that's the image that I get from it. Vocally, he reminds me a lot of Tom Waits or like Jello Biafra or there's a lot of punk guys that do this style of, of singing almost Henry Rollins even mm -hmm. uh, to a degree where he's, 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 he's on pitch. He's, he's clearly hitting some notes, but it's almost anti music in, in that regard. It's, it's sort of going against the grain all in all. Um, I think it's aptly titled, you know, your, your point about how the music never really goes anywhere and mm -hmm. they chose to call it house of lull house mm -hmm. of win. And that kind of sets the tone and it, it, it really adds to it all in all. I thought this was pretty good. It does have like those requiem for a dream vibes though, that I don't know if I'm going to revisit this very often. I'm really glad that I got to sit with it for a record. It was a lot of fun. It was very different. And I ended up giving it right at three beards, uh, for my rating, it's it's not the best thing in the world, but how often do we get to review something that is this experimental and this uh, bold in its experimentation to where it, it really just, it almost doesn't care how, the, how it's received. It's not there to please anybody. It's there to exist as art and for what it is. So three beards for me. What about you? I'll give it two. I was going to give it one, but then once I realized, stop thinking about this like music, see it as art. I appreciate it a little bit more, but still it was a very difficult thing to get through. <laughs> I, I, I remember last week. What did I tell you? Right. I said, this is, I apologized in advance. This is going to be a tough week for Mark. This oh, kind yeah. of stuff. This is the difference between me and a lot of other people when it comes to music is I have this taste for stuff that goes off onto like into this weird extreme deep end. And, and, I get that not everybody does. I think what I like about it is is that it's so unbelievably when it's done well, it's so unbelievably creative. This is an example right. where it's done for the most part pretty well, but there there I, even I found sometimes where I was like I was like, dude, you got to stop saying you have an obligation over and over again. <laughs> like it's getting a little old. Yeah, it's it got some parts got kind of repetitive, and I mean I don't know it. I guess that's just the the repetition repetition in music is fine but this isn't it's 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 hard to describe that's I think the thing it's, it's hard yeah, to describe I, it's I hard to it's put into something I think it's meant to be something. tough to sit through I think that's part of the design Oh I'm sure it is I didn't look I don't think sit down and think oh this is meant to be like this this is just someone's like hey I want to take these 2 by 4s and put a nail gun here and make some noise and then we're going to you know this is going to be my instrument for the song or whatever it is you know it's very challenging which mm -hmm. in its own right is kind of cool but at the same time it's just kind of like to me being me I'm like oh I want to hear you know, this come out of it, which makes it really tough. Yeah. And as, and especially also if you're, I would recommend for listeners, if you're not ready for that kind of thing, just skip this one. 
Yeah, exactly. Just, just skip it over. If you're, if you're not like, it, you know, it, 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 think of the really uncomfortable scene in a movie. And if you're one of those people that squirms and doesn't like those kind of scenes, go ahead and just pass this record by. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And go on to, go on to Hugh. Yeah. Go on to Hugh, which was my, <clears throat> my first impression. So I don't know much about this band other than it's Hugh and then some woman singing with them. I briefly tried to look up like information on the artist and I couldn't find it because it's too general. You'd be like, Hugh, just and Hugh. It's just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like way too general. And I'm like, I Did don't know. Did you try else. searching by his last name, Janus? <laughs> I probably could find it then. Yeah. But anyways, um, I'm uh, pretty sure he's from Come the on, UK. Hugh Janus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure uh, it's a UK artist because there's a few parts in the song where he's got that UK accent uh, in there. But um, this was just a random track I stumbled onto on YouTube. Just like sometimes I'll sit down and I'll be like doing something else and I'll put like I'll search a song I'd like on YouTube of something chill or I'll, you know, and then YouTube will, his algorithm will look for other similar videos. And this one popped up there and I was like, okay, Oh, this is actually kind of catchy. So I was like, I'm gonna write this down and, you know, do a first impression on this. This song I liked because it's, it's got a neat little groove. It's got some simple, very, very simple piano work, very simple, which makes it like kind of elegant and beautiful to me. And then the Hugh and whoever the woman singing with him, they're a great pair. They, they go feed off very well with each other. I think they sound great together. And just the way the song is structured, it's a very, it's a, it's a song about losing faith, you know, losing faith in someone or losing faith in yourself or whatever it is. But it's a very, it's just a very like, kind of like you're at the, to me, it gives you the idea of like, you're just kind of at like the end of your rope and you're just tired. You're just like, uh, mm. it has that just like, you're just like, uh, like you've, you've, you've exhausted all your options and you're just like, okay, well I'm done now. And it's not like sad, but it's kind of melancholy. Yes. It's just this very melancholy, moody song. And it, they just keep repeating. Like, do you believe in love? Like through the, the whole song, that's like the main part of the chorus, you know? And it's just such a beautiful song. And then I like the little outro at the end, like the song goes and it finishes. And then there's like these little electronic drums and the song just keeps going. I love it when there's like a tasteful long outro to a song. Um, it's a simple song. I want to go listen to these guys more, hear some of the other stuff they have. Hopefully it's good. This was just a single that they did. I thought it was good. I gave it four beards. Okay. Very good. I really like this song. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was just trying to give you a little suspense there. <laughs> um, I thought you were going to say, I... Fucking hate this song. Fucking hated it. <laughs> Piece of shit. No, I, I, I gotta agree with you, man. I so first of all, finally, you know we since we've talked about this that that dance music is not ever really my go to thing, and it's it's a genre that I typically I struggle with it for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can look at it and and. I can go, okay, what's, what's good about this? You know, when is something kind of objectively, I can try to be as objective as possible and say, I I can see the value in this, or this is a little bit schlocky. 
to me, one of the biggest complaints that I have with most like dance music is I always feel like the vocals are a little generic mm-hmm. here. Finally, I thought this is something that's doing something different and interesting vocally. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, Hugh, I guess is singing. I guess he's the the male person singing mm-hmm. and he's up there. He's right on the mo- microphone. It's very close up in the mix. It's like very upfront and he's mm-hmm. not over singing. It's, it's quiet, you know? Yeah. So he's up there and he's whispering almost and it's quiet. And the, whoever the, the female singing on top of that is really kind of matching that energy. And I really loved that. I thought that was so tasteful. It made it feel intimate. Mm-hmm. When you're listening to it and to kind of match that melancholy tone of that, I thought that was super cool. I loved, uh, like you mentioned, the piano and how the piano kind of starts it off. But mm-hmm. then they transition from piano to letting the bass take over. And mm-hmm. that's killer. The way that, yeah. that that is done is just extremely well done. I also really love the the kind of atmospheric, sparkly guitar that's used in it, and some of the sounds that they use. The oh, choice yeah, the to guitar. yeah, there's there's kind of you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's very that, high up, like back in the mix too. It's back just like, in the mix, but it's there. Yeah. It's atmospheric. It's giving it good color, like a diamond yeah. kind of sparkly. Is that's yeah. all I can think of. And the use to the choice to make the drums sort of lo-fi. Mm-hmm. throughout i thought adds a very good texture to it so this is a, this is a extremely well mixed song i i honestly it's a four and a half for me i would have given it a five except the only place i'll disagree with you on is i didn't really care for the outro oh <laughs> i kind of thought when the song was done i was like let that let that be it oh. you know i thought the outro was a little unnecessary just kind of felt a little corny at the end to to kind of tack it on for me oh, i but, was digging the guitar at the end that guitar in the outro i was like oh that that did it for me other than if it that, didn't have that guitar, you know, would have been lame. That uh, guitar just yeah. <laughs> the guitar was was good, but I'm still I'm, I'm giving it a four and a half to your four. So I think I enjoyed it a little more than you. Um, I liked this a lot. Yeah. Okay, so that's surprising because I thought four was a. I, thought, I mean, it's good. It's not perfect, but I just think it's it's like I don't know. It's just like an all around good song. So I was like, it's better than a three and a half, and I was like, eh, it's not quite a four and a half. I'll give it a four. Well, I, I mean, other than that, I don't know what else I, I would have done differently to make the song better. And mm-hmm. that's why I gave it a four and a half. I thought melody wise, it is, it, you know, the, here's a song that's, that's out to, it's, it's similar to like Alexis Marshall where, you know, a mood is, is being right. displayed and it's extremely effective and it's subtle. It's not overindulgent, um, which I really like. And there's, there's, Electronic music, that's that the stuff that really kind of hooks me, like there's space between what's going on. And it's not always leaning on just that kind of like standard, what do you, is it the four on the floor? I think is, I call it just the house, house techno rhythm that's, you know, there. And it's not always leaning on that or buildups and breakdowns or person singing all the time. I like that they took a moment to go, no, let's be really quiet. Yeah. And, and you, you, it makes me as a listener kind of lean in and go, Oh, what is this? What are you, <laughs> what are you going in? And I pay a little more attention to it. So I thought it was very tasteful. So yeah, I good think, recommendation. Hugh Janus, four Hugh and a half stars. <laughs> I think I, ironically, I think what would have made 
my rating to this go four and a half or five if if the song was longer. I wanted the song to be longer. Could have been weirdly. Yeah. Yeah, uh, this could have been like a six or seven minute track for me. Oh, yeah. Easily. And I would have really enjoyed that for the full six, seven minutes. I like that's what I like about long songs is I like when they can strike a chord and set a tone, Period. strike yeah. a mood and just let it simmer. Let me really just get into the zone with something like that. Um, mm-hmm. It's almost meditative to a degree when, when artists can do that really well and I can kind of get lost in it like that. And it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy that, that feeling. (coughs) Yeah. It's (coughs) so, so do you want to talk about Conroe first or do you want to talk about daughters first? Daughters. Let's do daughters. Let's talk about daughters. Daughters. uh, I just mentioned Alexis Marshall. So we know the vocalist Uh, daughters is Alexis's really the real band. Um, it, it's uh, a few different guys. It's two guitar players, drummer, bass, and Alexis Marshall. And they've been around for a long time, since as early as 2002. They've done some little EPs here and there. Their first record came out in 2006, I believe, or 2005, and it's called uh, Hell Songs. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hell Songs is an interesting record because it's very different than the album that we're going to talk about. Uh, the album we're going to talk about is called You Won't Get What You Want. Hell Songs, let me talk about that really quickly. The entire album is 11 minutes long. Wow. Okay. And it is full on grindcore. It is just a noise blast for the sake of it. And it's, it's, I don't even know how to describe it except that it's a mess and it's mm-hmm. and, and here are these young kids that are just going to be as abrasive and gross as as often as possible um as years go by they do two other records they have a record called canada songs that comes out and then their self-titled album in like 2007 and then daughters breaks up mm-hmm. they are done they are completely done they get back together around 2015 start playing some shows and start writing this new album, which ends up being, you won't get what you want, which comes out and it is a slam dunk. It's their best record by far. This is a band that's continually improving upon themselves going all the way from like grind car, grind core with, you know, total like death metal vocals and, and sort of black metal vocals into what they are now. Um, you won't get what you want is their most mature album. Uh, it is still extremely noisy and chaotic, but also has moments where it's brooding and it's simmering and it does, it kind of creates a a tone to it. Um, Starts off with a great song called city song, which is just this kind of, it starts off with this noisy feedback and these drums that are clipped, you know, just this snare hitting. And it reminds me of the intro to like Mr. Self-Destruct on the downward spiral, listening to nine inch nails. And here comes Alexis and he's just kind of talking low, low, low into the microphone. And then it, builds in and kicks in with this noise. And, uh, this has, this is, I mean, this album has some of the most creative guitar work that I've heard in a long time, as far as using the guitar to make different noises and different sounds that I haven't heard. Like I got as excited for this record as I did listening to like rage against the machine in Mm -hmm. the, er in the early nineties when I first heard bulls on parade and some of like the scratchy sounds that like Tom Morello was doing. Um, to me, it's just that creative. This is, uh, I, I fucking love this record. It's, it's, um, 
again, some of the things that they do really well on here, the, uh, you know, daughters is a really interesting band because they, they build up that's, that's that sense of dread that I'm mm-hmm. talking about. This album is violent. This is a violent mm-hmm. record. It is, um, it's, it's like those scenes in movies that are uncomfortable to watch. It's like watching you, you know, but you're kind of like, the guy on clockwork orange with your eyes just kind of <laughs> held open and you're, you're just, you're forced to be with this. And, uh, it's so unbelievably effective daughters is, is they're, they're a band. They're known for like their really chaotic live performances. I don't, uh, I, I mentioned this, uh, really briefly. I don't glorify, uh, self harm. I know that it's not like probably a smart thing to do. It's fascinating to me when artists get so swept up in their performance that Mm -hmm. they all, they take their performance to a level like that. I don't know why it's fascinating to me. That's on me. Um, but I'm not advocating for anybody to do (laughs) self-harm, but you know, they're known for that. Similarly to like Iggy pop, uh, Marilyn Manson, even, even Chris Cornell and Soundgarden used to kind of go into these like weird trance like States when he performed. And, um, I'm, I'm always enamored when people can get so into the moment of a music experience like that, that they're compelled to do something like this almost as a compulsory reaction versus an intent to do something to just to, for the sake of performing and daughter's a really interesting band for that. Um, but it's so unique. It's so different. It's so abrasive. Uh, you know, I, I just love this kind of stuff though. I think that it's so creative. It's so different. It is fun in a weird kind of way. (laughs) Um, it's, it's just so, I don't even know how else to describe this record. It, other than it's, um, it's just all over the place and it's unbelievably original to me. I can't name anything else that sounds like this and pulls it off as well. Well, my blender makes the same sounds. <laughs> but can you? But is your blender a guitar? <laughs> Sorry, I had to. <laughs> no, you're right. This is incredibly unique. Like, this is one of a kind stuff. Uh, that being said, I really struggled with this. I struggled with this even more than I did the other one. Oh, really? I think, and I think it was because. The other one to me seemed more just like art. And this to me was like more trying to be music and it was just noise, which is weird. But like, I like noise core. I like some noise elements of noise in music, but it was, this was a lot tougher for me. And especially that first track. Oh my gosh. It went on forever. City song. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, get to the point. (laughs) Um, It was uh, all I kept thinking was this is like metal Wesley Willis with a band. Yeah, that's, I get that. I get that description. And that, that was like the, if someone was like, put, say daughters in a few words, that would be a metal Wesley Willis with a band. Like that's in a sentence. And like, I can, I can totally tell, I think I would really enjoy watching this band live, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to want to listen to this on my own. Like, I think, I, I think just from like listening to the music, this would be an enjoyable show to watch just because it would be crazy. Yeah. And I've seen like a lot of crazy artists, like, 
a lot of people just go nuts. Like uh, Norman Jean, I saw them live and it was in Fresno, California. It was like 110 degrees. And I was like, how are these guys doing this? I'm almost dead. It's too hot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they were just like, I've, I've not seen very many bands go to like that level. And I was like, I bet you the daughters would make that Norma Jean show look like a few geriatrics playing banjos in like, you know, the swamp or something. Cause it was, I was like, it would be just be amped up to another level. I get that. I, I, uh, you know, it's interesting. You mentioned Norma Jean, like there are other bands that are sort of along that lines that daughters have toured with such as Dillinger mm-hmm. escape plan, um, code orange, etc. I think that, um, there's a description of, of um, this in Rolling Stone that says this is it's off kilter rhythms that pierce through a seething veneer of distortion and Alexis Marshall, his voice sounding crystal clear sings about making mistakes and coming undone. Uh, and that's a mm. description of, of their, their song long road, no turns. Um, yeah, this is, this is a, I know that this is tough music. I know that this is challenging for people to listen to what, I really appreciate it is what I appreciate about it is, is first of all, there's is, there is a lot of intent in mm-hmm. this record musically. This isn't, uh, the difference between this and Alexis's solo album, Alexis's solo album to me feels very organic. It feels very loose. It feels very, uh, haphazard. If mm-hmm. you will, this record to me is, very well designed. And these are these, I, I get the feeling like these are guys that are almost approaching the guitar, like the way a Foley artist looks at a vacuum cleaner and goes, Oh, I'm going to use that and make a lightsaber noise, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know? And the next thing you know, it's, it's this iconic kind of sound. Um, I think the rhythm section is just unbelievably tight. So cool sounding. It frees up these two guitar players to do some of the more, just completely wild sounding shit that I've ever heard on guitar. And, um, if you're not into that sort of sing talking, singing style of vocals, uh, skip this. It's, it's yeah. Nick cave <laughs> on crack. crack. You know, it is. it is, it is, it is, uh, then the only other thing that I can think of that reminds me of this is the band, the Jesus lizard from the nineties. Cause the singer sounds a lot like David Yao. And I'll tell you, David Yao, this is, it's almost like a, this is like scotch. You know, you got an acquired and taste for this kind of music, I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time I heard David Yao sing was on a Led Zeppelin tribute CD I got when I was like 13. And he covered Custard Pie with the band Helmet. Mm-hmm. And I had heard Helmet and I was okay with Helmet just a little bit. I was 13. But here comes David Yao, and I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, this is the worst singer I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> because when you listen to David Yao sing Custard Pie, and I hadn't heard Jesus Lizard at that point, and it's so, it's just the opposite of musical. It's yeah. the opposite of melody. It's the opposite of what's pleasing to the ear. Yeah. And where we want music to do, which is oftentimes we want, we want things to resolve nicely in music. When we listen to it, we want it to go to its tonic notes. We want Mm -hmm. it to go and find these, these home harmonies that really just sound nice and, and pleasing to the ear. And these are, these are people that are in the artistic pursuit of the opposite of that. 
And the more I listen to stuff that goes in that direction, the more I go, that sounds great to me. I want it to sound chaotic. I want it to sound cacophonous. I want it to sound the opposite of the tonic note and pleasing. <laughs> and it really is, uh, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of at a loss for words for this. And I will go on all day if you let me to. So I'm going to shut up. <laughs> and I know you're probably going to give it like a one. Uh-huh. And I'm going to tell you that this is a perfect record for me. This is a five. <laughs> I have zero flaws with this album. I love every, every second of it. Uh, the same way I, you know, it, it's just, I get into the zone with this. I really do. I'm able to tap into this mood, this mindset with it. The same way, like I was, if I was watching Lord of the Rings, like I'm right there with the hobbits running through Mordor mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And I'm able to suspend all of my, disbelief and just kind of run with it and get into get into the headspace. And I like that I can do that with this. So I'm going to shut up daughters. <laughs> you won't get what you want, which uh, for Mark is a sense of melody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also thought it his vocals reminded me a lot of the chariot too. So there was like elements of the chariot and elements of Norman Jean, which is what I would compare it to. It was just like they went in a completely different direction than those guys even do. And that's another good comparison. I mean, so same thing. First time I heard the chariot, hated it. Mm -hmm. I absolutely hated it. I thought this was, it was too much. It was too much intensity. It was too overkill that I, I, at first listen, I was like, I can't tell what's going on. And it sounds so chaotic. Fast forward to today. I fucking love the chariot. Because yeah. <laughs> I had to, I just had to sit with it. I just had to keep on with it. Yeah. So in the complete opposite end of music. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> completely opposite. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, an album by Conroe, not Conroe, Texas, because this isn't about meth. But this is. <laughs> Did you say it's not about meth? Yeah. <laughs> um. Is that a thing so, in Conroe? I don't. <laughs> I just like shitting on Conroe. <laughs> just, come on down to Lake Conroe. <laughs> um, so Conroe is, uh, I had never heard anything by Conroe. So Conroe for the monster cat records, he did like a 10 year anniversary DJ mix of like some of his songs and a bunch of other monster cat artists. A I've heard bunch. Yeah, a bunch. So this I thought was going to kind of be like similar to Cascades, the grand, which we reviewed mm -hmm. before. And if you remember, I told you I'm not a big fan of like DJ mixes because a lot of people don't do them well. Well, I felt Conroe did a good job on this and he did it, took it to a different place than Cascade did because there's 31 tracks on here yeah. and the album is still only one hour. Yeah which I really liked because it's, I felt like he was like, Oh, there's all these great songs that I enjoy from the past 10 years. And I want to pay tribute to all of them, but how do I put that on an album without making it like two or three hours long? And I thought he did a great job of just taking snippets of songs. Like some of these are like, like 45 seconds, 60 mm -hmm. seconds, which I actually, uh, to be honest, I wouldn't, in, I normally wouldn't enjoy. And there's a few songs where I've gone and listened to the original and I listened to the full song because I wanted to get the full effect of the song. But I actually really enjoyed this. It felt like kind of like at a dance party or a rave or something. And we're just sampling a bunch of different tracks. It was very fun. And 
it was a bunch of songs that I had not heard before, which really, I really, really enjoyed. There was a few, there's even some remixes of like the R and B song. You gotta be, which I thought was really fun. Cause I hear that song on the radio at work all the time. So oh, do like, you? Oh. The yeah. Desiree, Desiree <laughs> yeah. Version. Yeah. That's hilarious. So I when was I like, admit, oh. when that one came on, I, I got major nineties vibes. You said, Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. When I was in high school, we used to sing like, you gotta be bad. You gotta be bold. You got a Budweiser. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so this, this just really, this just really was the perfect takeaway for, at least for me because of listening to the daughters and the other album. So I was Good like, contrast. okay, I can find something that I really enjoy in this. And I was like, Dan's probably not going to be in all this because I could sit there and listen like, okay, the, the melodies are very predictable. They're very simple, but that's what I like about dance music. That's what I like about songs like this. It was good. It's got some good vocalists, a ton of different artists. And I really liked how it just stayed under an hour. And I feel like I expanded my music catalog with one tap on my phone. Mm. But uh, to me, there was not a bad second on this. I literally probably listened to this album 50 times straight through because every time I had some downtime where I was like, I needed music in the background or I'm doing some work and I was just like, I'll throw that on. And I just sit there and like bob my head to it and just like kind of like nod or dance along to it a little bit, like doing whatever work I was doing. Yeah. I was like, and it was just perfect for that. And it kept it's, it's music like this makes me extremely happy. I could be having like a shit day. I could have a stressful day and then like whatever's going on. I'm like, you know what? I need to like calm down. I just put something like this on and I'm like, oh yeah. And I can just like change my headspace and like cheer myself up just by listening to this. So is it weird that that's what daughters does for me? (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) That's a nice way of saying, yeah, it's fucked up, man. Yeah. (laughs) That's you you might need to go see a specialist. You should should talk to somebody. (laughs) Yeah. Got to get those feelings out, bud. <laughs> no, it's like, you know what I mean? Like you're having a bad day and you just put on oh, yeah. daughters and you go like strangle kittens. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the Victor Tran answer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's what he listens to when he sees the life leave animals' yeah. eyes. I just killed that another bad, chicken. Let yeah, me go listen like, to yeah. uh, daughters. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, but I got these great tags for these jokes. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's hilarious. Oh, anyways. So I'm just going to keep saying the same thing over and over about how much I like this. What were your thoughts on this, Dan? Okay. I had a lot of thoughts on it. Overall, I had to look at this as the, a whole piece, right? So, mm. so I, I, I sort of treated it as, one continuous song as opposed to 30 plus individual songs mm-hmm. because that was, I feel like what he was aiming for. Yeah. That's the intent when he was creating this, um, to that effect, the, the things that it does extremely well are the, the mix, the transitions mm-hmm. are seamless. Yeah. They're perfect. I mean, just absolutely perfect. I couldn't, I couldn't, I, I wasn't, specifically listening to try to figure out when the songs were changing. Yeah. But it was so natural and smooth that like the first listen of this, I was driving when I first put it on and I'm, I'm 15 minutes down the road and I looked and it's like 10 tracks in. I was like, Holy shit. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, what had, What did I miss? I thought I got zoned out. I, you know, that happens sometimes when you're driving. You just, you're sort of, yeah. your, your subconscious takes over. And next thing you know, you're you're home. And you're like, how did I get home? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I thought I was having one of those moments. So as a whole, I think that it is very effective. All right. If this is, if you're setting out, if I'm a DJ and my goal is to create a party mix to get people amped, you know, bring the energy down when I need to bring it back up when I need to. It's extremely effective. I felt like I, I didn't know the story that you were telling me about the 10 year anniversary and all of these people kind of being on the same label and mm-hmm. him doing it from that perspective. I thought he was just mixing up a whole bunch of songs that he liked. Mm-hmm. And I got a sense that here's a guy, Conroe, who probably really enjoys every single one of these 30 songs a mm-hmm. lot. And it, it's sort of like a John Cusack mixtape from High Fidelity, uh, <laughs> you know, or in that movie where he's, he, it's got, a, I feel like this album had a lot of care and detail in terms of what songs, what order of songs, what specific part of what order of songs, mm-hmm. and you know, kind of how do I blend all that together to make something new? Um, so I thought it was extremely effective. the The things that I I didn't quite care for um, are number one. I don't know if is there a rule. That like if you make a dance DJ record, like you have to have a song that talks about your body <laughs> and how much you're gonna move your body. Is that like <laughs> do they get points off if That's they don't? Like, dance. do they have like their DJ quarterly reviews? I th- and they're like, All right, hey Conroe, you know, look, you did really good this quarter. I'm very you know, <laughs> things are looking up, uh, you know, bass drops are up twenty percent, but <laughs> bass you know, drops. <laughs> But body moving lyrics are down 15% from last quarter. We're going to need you to get those numbers up, buddy. Okay. (laughs) There's two things. There's, there's always that. And there's always a song about your intentions to have a good time. Yeah, there is, you know, like this is going to be the, like, it's going to be the best night ever. We're going to go out and we're going to do this and this and this. And I'm like, chances are you're listening to that while you're currently doing it. So it's very (laughs) self-aware or, or, you know, I don't know how that works, but <laughs> I did find myself um, sort of towards the end of it. I got I got swept up in how short everything was, and I started catching myself paying a little more attention to some of the transitions and started just to think about those and and not so much listening for it for flaws, but mm-hmm. just to listen to how he was doing that. So I, I became a little obsessed with that, and I'll admit – after the halfway point, I did get a little bit of fatigue from it. You know, it was mm-hmm. around the 30 minute mark and I, and, and I, I had to kind of push through to the finish. But again, this is, this is just not my cup of tea. It's not my favorite thing in the world. You know, I can, I can taste a great dish that a chef created, but if it's got capers in it, I don't like capers. I just don't like that flavor. I can still think that the chef did a great job preparing it, even though it doesn't hit my taste buds. And that's sort of where I landed with this. Um, so I gave it three and a half beards because I think that all in all it, it sort of hits on that. Um, if it's, if I'm gauging it for how effective it is at what it set out to do, I think it's extremely effective and I could see like, this would be a really good party mix to put on. If, if I'm having people over and I want them to dance, put this on and they're going to dance. It's going to get the mission accomplished, you know? Yeah. I, I gave it a five because for me, it's a perfect dance mix. Um, 
I was you got two I fives. Was, yeah, I was, and the thing was, was this, it, it wasn't like Conroe, it was somebody I'd listened to a lot. I was just surfing through Apple Music. I was just like, what's this? And I didn't even know who it was, and I was like, meh, I'll give it a shot. And I was like, well, wait, I actually got, like 30 seconds in, I was like, saving this, this goes on the list, Dan's probably not going to like it as much as me, but I don't care. <laughs> even though I wasn't, it wasn't something that I would go for, I still respected it. Yeah. I still respected the shit out of it. Yeah, because it because you could tell like that what what he's doing takes a lot of a lot oh, of oh so much work yeah work effort timing and um, care though yeah. that 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 is was kind of the recurring thing for me was here's a guy that like I just got the feeling like he was really doing this both as an artist and as a fan mm-hmm. Definitely. either that or he just got paid a shit ton of money. <laughs> maybe both. <laughs> like, yeah. Maybe they were like, Hey, Conroe, we're going to do this 10 year thing. He's like, you can give me that fucking Hugh money and then we're going to do it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so what did you pick for this coming week? All right, man. I'm going to go, I'm going to give us a little bit of a break. I think you've earned it. <laughs> there's an indie, there's like a soft kind of indie pop record that I want to review by a band called mint julep. Okay, I've heard and, of Mint Jewel. Oh, maybe you've talked about him before, I think. I may have talked about him. Um, I've, I've had this on my playlist now for a little while. It's been out for a few months, um, and, and it's one of those things that every time I hit shuffle and this comes on, I stop and go, what is this? And it's always Mint Julep, and I go, I, I really enjoy this so far. So it's super, it's good, chilled out, kind of acoustic-y stuff. And then um, for my first impressions, a uh, band that I like a lot called Mono, uh, post-rock group from Japan has a new single out called Riptide. And we're going to review, we're going to review Riptide, the single by Mano. Ooh. Okay. Okay. So that sounds good. Um, hold on. I got to find the name of the album. I know the artist. I don't remember the name of the album. So for my, oh, okay. So for my album, we are going to do... Where is it? Jeez. Okay, it's it's an album called The Real by Aya Morar, a Jordanian-British singer. Okay. And so it's, uh, it's like German-based, electronic, but it's got some like Middle Eastern vibes to it too, which is kind of fun. Uh, this is something I've... I I think I mean I know I really like this so this is going to be fun to go through. And then for my first impression, we are going to do the album or sorry, the EP 24 uh XXI no wait, 29, sorry. I had to think Roman numerals. I think that's 29. XXIX by Wafia, another electronic artist. All right, I found Wafia. I found uh. The uh, the EP. You're going to have mm-hmm. to send me the other one. No problem. I can do that. Ooh, look at this description. I'm going to read this out real quick. We love getting lost in the shadowy landscapes of Wafia al-Rikabi, one of the mm-hmm. most exciting electropop subversives we've encountered in a long time. This is on Apple Music. It says, With, after a string of independent singles and a viral hit alongside future classic label mate Taku, the Brisbane vocalist slash songwriter's debut EP is a headphone ready rush of deep bass, slinking vocals, and dusky down tempo beauty. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm mm-hmm. intrigued. All right. 
right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a fun listen. I will say that. I've listened through it once because I was like, I just found it. Very like, cool. Check this out. So I'm excited. It's going to be a fun week. Hey, have we gotten any messages from any listeners? Not in the last week. No. So if you're out there listening, send us a listen. Listen. Damn it. Send us a message and uh, let us know what you want us to listen to. We could do another listener centric episode where we listen to some, you know, some music that you've recommended to us and we'll let you know what we think about it. Last time we did that, we listened to periphery and star set and we loved one and did not care for the other. I bet you 20 bucks. <laughs> the guy that recommended star set is going to listen to daughters and be like this fucking asshole <laughs> doesn't know shit. Yeah, and the reality is, look, I will be the first to say like, I know star set has a lot more fans than daughters does. And I, oh, am, yeah. I am the anomaly. I am the exception to the rule here uh but daughters is fucking better so (laughs) so it's i can foresee it right now that there is like a subreddit out there somewhere about how dare mark and dan from this podcast like daughters more than they like i started that (laughs) subreddit (laughs) (laughs) just to smoke him out Uh, anyway, so uh, you can send us uh, email at wherepod at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at Mr. Underscore Pockets 21, or you can find Dan on Instagram at Dwight Privilege. And if you also, you know, want to, you know, send us some money. No, I'm kidding. We don't have a Patreon or anything. <laughs> Send us money for message me on Instagram. If you want to send me money, we'll figure out a way. Okay. Yeah. There's Facebook, Facebook money. We will work something out. Venmo. Send me a dollar. Send me, send me a dollar for every one of those songs by daughters. I had to listen to if you want (laughs) to. Hey man, (laughs) I should start a GoFundMe pain and suffering. (laughs) The real friends were the daughters that we listened to along the way. Anyways, thank you everybody for listening. We'll see you all next week.